Well, welcome to the Walrus and the Carpenter. My name is Jason Alligood. I'm the teaching pastor of Fellowship Bible Church in Peoria, Illinois. And with me, as always, is Gary Gear, pastor of Calvary Baptist Bible Church, also in Peoria. Gary, what is your favorite fall activity? Walking in the evenings. I like walking. Um, I, I walk anyway, but I like it when it's getting dark sooner. It's cool. The, the 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 leaves are starting to turn. The streets where I live have a lot of those little street lamps all down. I feel like I'm in the middle of a Ray Bradbury story, <laughs> um, and maybe something's gonna something jump wicked out. this way comes. Yeah, yeah something's going to jump out and kill me. So yeah, yeah, or frighten me. But it, it it is it is it is beautiful, and I I do love it. Speaking of which, um, you were on a walk a couple of weeks ago, and you ran into one of my church members. Yes, I did. Yeah, Bill. Um, Christensen and, he is and awesome. And Cindy is the one who asked, "When is the next ball carp coming out?" His okay. wife. Well, hey, so. <laughs> ma'am, your husband's awesome. <laughs> and it was it was really funny. I can share this real quick. Because Joe and I were walking, and and we were kind of walking a bit. And we chatted. My wife's very open, and he said, uh, "I forget what phrase exactly he used as he closed." He said something, uh, "One day closer," and then he one just day didn't closer. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't stop, and I, I was waiting to myself, going, "Okay, three, two, one," and then. I turned around. I said, "Okay, one day closer to what?" <laughs> and he talked about his hope in Christ. That's and great. I thought it was a great hook to draw people in conversationally, and I yeah. really appreciated that. And I told him who I was, and uh, he said, "Yeah, Jason actually cusses a lot when he talks about <laughs> you." Um, but uh, it was great hearing about his testimony in Christ yeah. and, how, and all that. And it yeah. was it was it was just neat, even though he came from your church. Yeah, it was it was. You it have was to forgive blessing. him for that. That's. <laughs> That's the one a lack negative of taste. About, yeah, that's, that's right. Okay. That's right. Yeah, no. Yeah, Bill and Cindy are great, great folks, and uh, really, really enjoy them. But uh, when you start talking about having a walk, I'm like, oh, you ran into Bill the other day, so that's awesome, man. Well, hey, you're going to lead us into our discussion today, brother. So I'm going to let yes. you take over. A- actually, um, this will be more on a, a practical side. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of passages in Scripture that talk about the value of God's word. I mean, you just, I mean, you close your eyes and put your finger anywhere in Psalm 119. Mm, uh, Second right. Timothy 3. Right. Fir- is it first or second Peter 1? I always get those mixed up. Um, oh, second Peter chapter 1. Chapter 4. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, on and on and on. Yeah. And it's wonderful and it's cool and we really push the idea of being in God's Word. But today I wanted to talk on a very practical level and what, how, first of all, what it means for a believer to be in God's Word and second of all, um, how does one how how does the word of God work in God's sanctifying mm, mm. transformation in our life mm-hmm. on a practical everyday level? Mm-hmm. How can we be more intentional yeah. in our use of God's word? No, that's really really helpful, man. Really good. Um, so take it away. Yeah. Well, I'll answer, <laughs> and then you can answer too. But I think that. Um, <clears throat> I think that at a very practical level, we maybe should begin with what people typically think about in regard to God's word. And that's, you know, quiet time or devotion or whatever you want to call it. You know, we all have uh, been taught and I think rightly so that we need to be in God's word every day. Uh, But where does that come from? Does that come from um, the, the uh, idea of uh, some man, uh, did someone, did some Christian come along at some point and say, we must uh, read the Bible every day in order to be good Christians? Or is that something that we learn from God's word itself? 
And of course, you just mentioned Psalm 119, uh, the benefits of that. We even think of uh, uh, Psalm 19, uh, you know, the idea that uh, that God's word is precious. And, um, you know, uh, we think of uh, uh, Psalm 1, Psalm one right. right, or meditating on God's word both day and night, you know, these kinds of things. And so it is a scriptural idea mm-hmm. um, uh, being, in, being in God's word. Um, so, uh, what is the, uh, benefit of that? It seems like is what you were kind of aiming at too. So we should do well, it. There, there, there's a benefit, but, but what actually is changed and how do we, mm-hmm. um, interact with God's word fruitfully or effectively, mm-hmm. if I may mm-hmm. put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on that too, Gary. <laughs> But yeah, I think we think about uh, places like um, Psalm uh, 19 um, or the places where it says to meditate upon God's word. And we're not uh, simply uh, reading God's word to check something off of a list, right. you know, back to the idea of we all know we're supposed to be in God's word, but we're, we're actually seeking to, that word meditate, you know, is to to think on over and over and over again. And so perhaps we find ourselves in a, a chapter of God's word um, for a week and just really working through that, or maybe just a few verses. Um, but but uh, we're, we're uh, asking the question, uh, really, what, what is God saying here? Because God is speaking through his word. Right. Okay, and yeah. I, I guess a follow-up question would be: Well, stop asking me questions. You answer what are something. We looking for <laughs> what are we looking for when we go to God's Word? And mm-hmm. and 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 my my, I guess the way I would I believe is ultimately we, we and we go to God's Word to look for God Himself. Yeah, it's perfect. and I think I think yeah. that's that's where it's we need good, to start. Good, good. Yeah. We don't go to God's Word to look for answers on how to handle the day. Right. We don't go to God's Word ultimately in order to understand ourselves or to mm-hmm. figure out how to handle a crisis. Mm-hmm. Now, all of those things are included in Scripture right. to one degree or another. Yeah. But I think the real issue is we go to God's Word to look for Him, mm-hmm. for revelation of Himself, of what mm-hmm. He loves, of what He hates, mm-hmm. of, of, of how He has worked and how He continues to work in reality. Right. And, and because we have nothing else that exists— that tells us those things. There's literally nothing in our experience yeah. that can communicate the truth of who God is to us. That's so good. Um, we we uh, Going back to Psalm 19, we think about uh, what the psalmist says there in regard to God revealing himself uh, through nature. Let's call it natural revelation. But it's not enough to give us the information we really need about God, which is what you're talking about. Right. God has revealed to us himself in his word. Therefore, when we go to the scriptures, it's not like we're searching the scriptures for God, but we're looking, what does God say about himself right. in this passage? Right. Yeah. Does that um, in any way uh, uh, push back against the uh, you know observation, interpretation, application type hermeneutic that we often talk about, maybe in just Bible study. Um, in other words, should we always come to the conclusion that God is telling us something about himself? Well, I, w- I would in, in say that? this. I think we always have to start with that, but we cannot forget that when God tells us something about himself and we see mm-hmm. it, then we then 
have a, and I'm going to use the term compulsion, although some are not comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. We are then compelled to act in accordance with yeah. that. We have a response to and, it. And, yeah. and there's a response. Yeah. And it's a response in love. It's a response in joy, mm-hmm. if I may put it that way, regardless of what our emotional state is. If you yeah. have that little Twitter debate I had online a few weeks ago, I don't know if you remember that one I, lady who we were talking about joy. Anyway, that's yeah, it was something that I was involved in. No, too? Was, I was, but, but oh, okay. You, but you commented later and said oh. something about taking things out of context. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, but for sure. I, yeah, I, I, I do believe that those events are ongoing. That that when I look, like for instance, I've been going through John in my personal worship paragraph by 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 paragraph, mm-hmm. and you see God in the person of Jesus Christ. Right. And you see him reveal things about himself. Right. And then you see, in fact, Christ actually makes the connections for us because right. we're pretty stupid. <laughs> um, what today was uh, John 15, the first several verses, mm-hmm. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the idea of, of, of abiding in him, Christ makes the connection. Because yeah. I am the vine, be okay. Right. You, 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 you revealed yourself to me. Right. Then he says, because this is our relationship, I'm going to tell you then how you're supposed to relate to me now. Yeah. It means you got to really yeah. abide in me now. Right. And you can take any passage of Scripture and take that particular journey. Yeah. Yeah, so interesting. John 15, the word abide is used, and I just preached John 8, where Jesus says, uh, if you want to be my disciples, you need to abide in my word, in yes. my words. You know, so everything that God uh, says about himself in his word um, and uh, everything he reveals about himself in his word, and w- which a subset of that is something about ourselves as well, is to be believed and to be acted upon, if you will. Um, uh, that, and then he talks later in John 15 about abiding in him. Yes. Well, who is he? Right. I don't know outside of his word. I've, 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 I've been reading through John Owen's communion with Christ. Mm. And at first it seems like he's being mystical, mm-hmm. but then you read and basically he's talking about simply being aware mm-hmm. of how God's word applies in these situations mm-hmm. at all time with this ongoing awareness of how Christ relates to the situation. Of mm-hmm. course, the Puritans were a bit intense, mm-hmm. but he he makes an excellent point there mm-hmm. that God's word informs us of because of what, what, what and what is it Calvin said in his introduction to the Institutes. He said, um, "You can't know who you are until you know who God is." Yeah, that's right. Yep, yeah, such a great um, uh, sort of a reversal of what you know, the secular world would, would yes. say, you know, you don't need to know God. There is no God. You just need to know yourself. Right. Yeah, and, which is and, uh, and the yourself, wrong starting point. Right. And knowing yourself is, is, is the highest virtue. And I think, I forget which Greek philosopher that started with. Um, well, and let me ask you this. When, when, so when you, let, 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 let's go in and just push aside the whole pastor role right now. Yeah, sure. When you interact with God's word, mm. what are some of the things that you do mm-hmm. in your, your interaction with a scripture? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I first, you know, typically as I open the Word of God, pray. I ask, Lord, you know, um, help me, help me to understand. Um, we talk about the doctrine of illumination. I think we've even done a show on that. Um, this idea that the Spirit who dwells within us uh, also can open our eyes 
to an understanding and an application of the truth. I often pray that on Sunday mornings. Uh, but I also pray that in my personal time in the Word, knowing that um, only the spiritual mind can discern the things of God, as right. Paul says in First Corinthians. Um, but as well, um, coming to it and even saying, Lord, um, you know, I, of course, have a theology of who God is and what his word is, but help me help me see, help me understand here uh, what your uh, word is saying. And convict me by your word. Comfort me uh, by your word. And then typically I am reading, uh, uh, typically I'm reading where I'm studying for Sunday morning. Not that I'm using that time of reading to sort of inform my sermon as much as just getting my mind in the um, in that uh, in that passage for myself okay. if that makes sense do you just read so, do you journal do you yeah do... yeah I don't I don't uh, journal uh, I used to journal years and years ago I used to journal um, no I just I just read I might take some notes in the margins of my Bible um, <laughs> I use these um, drafting pens that are real nice for, for inside of Bibles and underline maybe something and then write a note um, in, in light of, of that. Um, you know, uh, maybe something comes to mind or something along those lines. So um, how about you, Gary? I started journaling again recently, but the way I journal is I use composition books. When I fill up the composition book, I throw it away mm. because there's some, and, and some and some of y'all are going to be a little irritated by this. I think there's something presumptuous sometimes when we write things down thinking it's for the ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I, I find that when I write things down, I simply remember it better once I put yep. it on paper. Yeah. So I, I don't think I've gone back and ever looked at any of the journals I've written. And they're, they're, don't get me wrong. I think there's some value in that. Mm-hmm. But... Several months ago, I started journaling just because I found when I did that, it was easier for me to think of the passage throughout the day. And I mm-hmm. also, at the end of the week, I try to memorize a chunk of whatever I'm going to be reading. That's great. That's really good. Now, when you journal, and you don't need to get into the details of this, are you writing down thoughts about the passage? or? Um... Well, first, I, I pierce my finger and I draw blood. <laughs> You know, for to, to make it very powerful. A legit uh, journal entry, yeah, yeah. it's a real journal. <laughs> yeah. His DNA's everywhere. Um, um, I, with, what, what I do is, some. it depends. Sometimes it is a summary. It's me trying to summarize the thoughts sure. to make sure I understand it. And other times it will be application, like with the whole abiding in me. I was struck with some areas of conviction in my own heart. And uh, these are things I need to pray for today mm-hmm. and throughout mm-hmm. this next week as I think through this, because these are issues mm-hmm. that these verses are dealing with, and I need to keep that at the top of my mind. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you had asked earlier a question that we've not gotten to yet, which is the issue of sanctification yes. and the Word of God. So, yes, um, how how no, how, you can't turn this around on yes, me. I'm asking I'm, you now. I'm I'm, you're not, I'm the head of this discussion. <laughs> Okay. You're the head of last okay. one, baby. Okay, all right, all right, go um, ahead. <laughs> what, what, um, if, 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 if someone came up to you and said, okay, so how does God use his word to make me more like Jesus? Mm. How would you respond to him? Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll just agree with whatever you said. Okay, good. Um, I think that, you know, we, as you mentioned earlier, we cannot know God, um, 
outside of natural revelation, which is not enough enough to save us, which would also means it's not enough to sanctify us. Yes. Though I do think that as we understand God through His Word, and we then look at nature through the lens of Scripture, there are there are moments where we are in awe of God and His grandness and His greatness that does produce sanctification. You know, I can. Uh, walk into the Muir, Muir Woods in the San Francisco area and be in awe of these massive trees and think, well, God is, you know, these are tinker toys to God. Right. You know, um, not that I'm trying to put physicality to, to God in the sense, but his immensity, right? right? And so I can stand in awe of that. And that is a sanctifying thing for sure because I think about God as creator. Um, but I would not know that outside of his word. And so back to that issue, um, it orients me. God's word orients me to who I am and who he is. It was kind of like what we were talking about in another episode about the the gathering of the church orienting us. Um, the word of God orients me because I forget, because I so often want to put myself on the throne, and that's God's place. And so the word of God adjusts my thinking about who I am and about who he is. And that is a work of work of sanctification because he says, "Be holy as I am holy," and so I'm I'm not being uh, I'm not being holy in the same sense that God is set apart. He's a different kind of holy, but I am being set apart in regard to the way I think about who I am, about who He is, about who others are, mm-hmm. as I read His Word, and so that's a sanctifying work. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it is. So with that comes what conviction you know, of my sin, but comfort of God's grace as well. And I think we, I think we almost expect the first in regard to, you know, conviction, Mm -hmm. but we almost forget that the second is a part of that as well. Right. You know, that idea that, that reading God's word is a way of strengthening my faith and encouraging me that God has been, uh, you know, gracious with me as well. No, I would agree with that. And, And again, bringing in something, I believe is incredibly important, and you've alluded to it. And it's the Holy Spirit said He would only use God's word. And I, I yeah. think of the Hebrews four twelve passage, you know, the and dividing asunder uh, of joints and marrow. Mm. We we and we will always lie to ourselves about who we are. Yeah, and the Holy Spirit, and I I forget whether it was, I think it was was it Calvin who really pushed illumination of the reformers. I, I he think, was one for I, sure. I, I know he pushed it. I don't know if it was original with him. Yeah. But but this idea that that the Holy Spirit shines this light in our life using the Word of God, as you mentioned before, it tells us who we are, who who God is. And I, I think another part of that sanctification on a very everyday level is God uses His Word to change how we feel about things. Mm. I mean, if you look mm. at the fruits of the Spirit, that's good. Love, joy, peace, understanding, or, or uh, patience, yeah. Patience, mm-hmm. long suffering, all, yeah. all, all of that, those are all states of mind yeah. that can only be supernaturally given to us. And I believe the Holy Spirit uses God's word to bring those things into our life. Yeah, yeah. And when, when we're looking at honest to goodness change in who we are, it has to be rooted in God's word, mm-hmm. and you again. You alluded to this a, a moment ago that that we that we do these things, and at the same time, there's grace for when we fail. At the same time, yeah, you know, that's that, really good. That Christ has given us forgiveness, and we don't 
meet up to his holiness. Yeah, the, the way I often talk about this to, to the um, sheep here at um, Fellowship is this idea of God's God working by his spirit through his word. Um, that there's the combination of, and you just mentioned it, uh, I think it was in this episode, uh, Philippians 2, yeah, Philippians 2, um, about the idea of God working and willing in us to do his good will, you know, and how does he do that? Well, um, it's not outside of the truth of his word. Now, what would you say to people who um, say that we as conservative, evangelical, people of the book kind of people, that we elevate God's word too much, that we almost worship the Bible, um, and that uh, we're, we're, you know, they, these may be the same people who say that, um, you know, uh, I need to care more about what Jesus said than, than what the Bible says. I'm sorry, it takes such a level of ignorance and silliness and goofiness to even say such things. It, it's, it's like you're at the top of the Empire State Building, and someone's telling you, you just care about gravity too much. You know, <laughs> you know, if you didn't care about gravity so much and, and you had a, it's, it's, I, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's hard to take somebody seriously mm-hmm. when you see what Jesus actually said. Although I did see where Beth Moore the other day tweeted something along the lines of like, she puts the words of Jesus above Paul. Did she really? Yes. And, and you, and you and I both know where that's going. Yeah. But, oh my. But those those types of arguments are oh what's the, they're they're they they are disingenuous. They're creating a false dichotomy that God yeah. Himself does not make, and that Jesus did not make. Right, right. And I don't know. It's 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 hard it, when when someone tells me that. I almost feel like that they that they just put on a, a red shiny nose and right. and clown ears. <laughs> I I just like what do I do with you now? Yeah, you, you've stopped being serious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that uh, amen and amen to that. And uh, I need to find that Beth Moore quote. That's that's concerning. Um, but the uh, the idea is this. I would not know Jesus. I would not know God. I would not know the spirit outside of the word of God. I don't worship God's word. I worship the God of the word. You know, I God reveals himself uh, to me through his word. And, yes. and the reality is this, a secular person, an, an unregenerate person can pick up the word of God and can read the exact same words that you and I read in God's word. And it does not, uh, it does not influence them in the same way it does you and me, because we have been converted by God through his truth, given his spirit and, uh, you know, uh, Jesus has imputed his righteousness to us, all the benefits of salvation as well. And so um, a, a Bible, um, though I believe the God, Word of God is inspired, it doesn't necessarily influence somebody who's an unregenerate person in the same way, unless God right. uses it to convert them. Right, right. I mean, it, 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 it turns into moralism. Right, and I can't, I can't worship the God of the Bible without him revealing himself to me. And you, so I'm not worshiping the Bible. I'm saying the Bible is is precious because it's God's revelation of himself to me. Right. It's the only way. And you, you bring up an interesting point. I think this is where all of us, and me included, get tied up is that we is when we go to God's word, we 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 are not looking for him. We're looking for moralism. We're looking mm. for something to get us through the day, which again is not bad, it's not wrong. 
Sure. But we forget that on, that only he mm. uh, is the one who's capable of, and I, I think of the Lord's Prayer. Mm. How often at the beginning of the day do you and I ask God to supply our food for the day? Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and and you bought us portillos for lunch, which I'm very <laughs> thankful for. But you only did that because God gave you the capacity and the desire and, and the money to do so. Um, but again, we yeah. there, there's this sense of uh, I I I I think where I'm I'm getting to with all of this, and I say this as a pastor, and and you'll tell me if you think the same way. My goal when I go through a book, we're going through Amos right now. We'll be finishing it up soon. Is so that when my people open up Amos again, that they'll understand it and they'll read it. And they will see God in Amos, and they will glorify Him yeah. in in Amos, and that they're hungry to glorify Him. Yeah, and that's, that's where you have to start and end in God's Word. And memorization is part of that because mm-hmm. you need to carry. And I will say this: I I try to do my sermons earlier in the week so I can think for the rest of the week about yeah. them. Yeah, because that that masticating, we'll call it what you will, ruminating, mm-hmm. is <clears throat> I think is what gives value to my oral. Yeah, no, Gary, that's that's exactly right, man. And not that we we're not you know uh, dogging on guys that do their sermons later in the week, but I, I Kevin, start, <laughs> I start on Monday right after Sunday because the last thing I preached is so fresh in my mind and typically we're doing exposition so we're just going to the next text right and uh, yeah i want that that word fresh in my heart you know throughout the rest of the week i think that's very good and uh and really uh super helpful do you have any um i mean we're talking about the sufficiency of god's word in some sense too but it is helpful to hear what other people have written on god's word do you have any books or uh places that you would encourage people to look for helps on reading god's word or well, it, yeah. it depends. Now, this is going to sound odd, but number one, I would sit down with your pastor and say, "Hey, how how do you read God's word yeah, and devotionally? Really Walk me through that." But there's yeah. books out there like Gordon Fee's "How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth." Right? Um, can you think of any other ones? I, I know Zuck did one way back when. Yeah, I I was thinking of um, "Taking God at His Word" by Kevin DeYoung. Yes, um, that's good too. That's a, it's a real brief book, yeah. really helpful uh, little little book. It's not necessarily on the principles of Bible study as much as it is sort of a broad overview of God's right. word. But also, it's you know he taught the subtitle is why the Bible is noble, necessary, and enough, and what that means for you and me. So there's some practical application uh, to that as right. as well. Again, the Nine Mark series has some good, yeah. helpful things in there as well. But, um, yeah, I think we would say that the person who's converted uh, can open God's word. And, and, you know, look, there are some hard things in the Bible. Peter even right. says that about Paul's writings right. you know, at the end of Second uh, Peter there. Uh, but but uh, for the most part, we can open God's word. We can read it. We can ask the Lord to help us understand it. And um, we, we will be uh, convicted by it, comforted by it. Um, we we will be changed uh, uh, by it as as well, um, and so um, w- w- one more thing before we kind of wrap up here, um, you know, I've talked about maybe uh, short passages. You talked about paragraphs. Uh, what is helpful in you know people will do these read the Bible through the year. What's what's helpful about doing something like that? I you know what if you read the Bible through in a year, I would suggest you do it chronologically. Okay. 
I, Why? Be, be because then you see how the whole story fits together. Okay. Where it's like, oh, the minor prophets. Oh no, these are so boring. If you mm-hmm. stick them in Kings and Chronicles where they belong, it's like, dang. So yeah. this is what okay. was going on, you know. Yeah. And you chop yeah. up Isaiah and you put him in the different areas, then then and then you get a flow and you see more of God's strategy and how He communicates about Himself. That's that's good, man. And uh, yeah, not that you can only do it chronologically, no. but it's such a good way. Uh, to walk uh, to walk through it, and we'll, we can leave a link uh, for a few of these resources in uh, the description uh, of the show notes. Um, any final thoughts, Gary? As we're no, kinda... just I I can't stress enough that prayer in the Word is your gateway to knowing your God, mm. and He is so worthy of being known. Yeah, Amen, brother. And we will grow. We will yes. be sanctified as God's Word and his spirit work within us uh, in reading and in studying uh, God's word. Maybe we can come back and do a part two to this where we talk about um, what does it mean to to study God's word? We kind of touched on it a yeah. little bit, but you know, you kind of asked that question of what are you doing when you're just are you, are you just reading it, or is there more you're yeah. doing? And perhaps we can talk about um, um, we're not just you know getting that short burst of God's word in the morning. Right. We, we've talked about meditating and things like that. Maybe right. we could address something a little more in depth on the how okay. in, in, cool. in a future episode. Well, listen, we really appreciate you guys dropping in and listening to the podcast. Uh, it, re- it really means a, a lot. We uh, appreciate it. Go on over to iTunes, if you would, and leave us a review there. Uh, you can head on over to wallcarpradio.wordpress.com and uh, leave us a comment on this episode or previous episodes. Let us know what you'd like to hear from us. Uh, you can go to facebook.com com slash wallcarp radio or even go over to uh, twitter.com slash wallcarp radio if you want to uh, go into the dumpster fire that is twitter and reach us there uh, otherwise we'll see you next time God bless.